Hello, I'm Daryl Rutt, and this is News Folder 19. The greatest threat to freedom is the absence of criticism, and this podcast exists to criticize, thereby hopefully getting you to think about how government should be far less necessary and different than we ask it to be today. Today's topics include immigration, the national debt, beavers in Alaska, and more. However, before I get to that, don't forget to visit the sponsor's website at campridger.net. Camp Ridger seasonings are salt-free, come in four different blends, and come in one cup containers, starting at $8 for the first one, and $7 per if you order four or more. That's campridger.net. With that, let's get right into the stories. New story number one. The U.S. will reopen four legal U.S.-Mexico border crossings this past week as high levels of illegal immigration have receded and freed up personnel, according to U.S. border authorities. Oh, really? How is 300,000 immigrants trying to get in a reduction in crossings? The answer is it's not. That's how many we had in December, friends. 300,000. The U.S. will resume operations at an international bridge in Eagle Pass, Texas, two crossings in Arizona, and another near San Diego, according to U.S. Customs and Border Patrol adding that it will continue to prioritize border security as necessary. You know, I'm fairly positive it's been necessary ever since the Alzheimer man took office three years ago. I'm just waiting for Spanish to become the official language in the U.S. Mexican and U.S. officials recently pledged to work together more closely to tackle record migration, there it just said it, record migration, at their shared border after top U.S. officials traveled to Mexico to meet with Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. Yeah, and I'm going to complete a marathon in under two hours. Not happening. They're not going to be changing anything to do with immigration. Mexican officials have stepped up immigration enforcement in recent weeks, so they claim including moving migrants to southern Mexico and resuming deportation flights to Venezuela, according to a senior U.S. official requesting anonymity because he knows he's full of crap. Where are my running shoes? Where's that starting line? I need to start that marathon I'm never going to do. A separate U.S. official on the call cautioned that migrant crossings have historically dropped between Christmas and New Year's Day. Yeah, probably because all the mules are at home celebrating so their wives don't divorce them. Lawmakers in the U.S. Congress remain in talks over a possible deal that would combine increased border security measures with foreign aid, including military funding for Ukraine, officials said. Here's an idea. How about instead of sending ammo to Ukraine and to Israel, we send that ammo to border control and let them use it? There's an idea that would stop immigration real quick. New story number two. 
the U.S. federal government's total public debt has reached $34 trillion for the first time, according to the U.S. Treasury Department. For the record, that's more than $200,000 per working man and woman in this country. That's more than the value of many people's homes. Think about that. Your debt to pay off the government is more than your debt to pay off your house in many cases. Just 20 years ago, the debt was around $6 trillion. So that's more than a five-fold increase in 20 years. And don't go blaming the government. If you want to throw blame around, look in the damn mirror. The majority of you vote for the person who gives you the most benefits, the most freebies. Medicaid expansion in most states is a prime example. I eat junk food. Now pay for my damn bad health. To make matters even worse, the milestone comes shortly after the federal deficit topped 33 trillion in September, less than four months ago. Amid rising federal deficits fueled by falling tax revenues and rising federal expenditures. Stop the insanity, people. We are destroying our country and our lame-ass education system promotes it by ignoring to tell those who to whom they teach. Despite all this, however, lawmakers also hope to pass emergency aid for Ukraine and Israel. No, stop it. We can't afford it. Failure to approve the one dozen fiscal 2024 spending bills would plunge Washington agencies into shutdown mode. Good. Shut them down. End the freebies. Enough is enough. Citizens of this country, be adults for once. Pay your own damn way through life instead of expecting everyone else to. You know, maybe Hillary was right. Maybe we are deplorable. White House spokesperson Michael Kikukawa said the debt increases were trickle-down debt driven by Republican past tax cuts in 2017 that benefited corporations and wealthy Americans. No, it's not. Quit blaming Trump. It's excess spending by both parties. Both sides are irresponsible ass clowns that were voted in by irresponsible ass clown citizens. That same ass clown, Michael Crazy as a Cuckoo Kawa, added that Biden plans to reduce U.S. deficits by $2.5 trillion over 10 years by increasing taxes on large corporations and wealthy Americans and cutting spending on pharmaceuticals and reducing tax breaks for oil companies. How long is that guy's nose? What a load of bullshit! How many times must I say it? Corporations do not pay taxes. You do. Through higher prices. Okay, calm down. I got to calm down. I got three more stories to do. Quit spending money. It's that simple. New story number three. The stream through western Alaska never looked like this before. In aerial photography from the 1980s, it wove cleanly through the tundra, thin as bread, or thin as a thread, excuse me. Today, in satellite images, it appears as a string of black patches, one large pond after another, dozens of meters apart. 
It's a transformation that is happening across the Arctic, the result of landscape engineering on an impressive scale. But this is no human endeavor to reshape the world. It's the work of, wait for it, the North American beaver. So now we're blaming beavers for global warming, or at least their spread due to global warming. The animals are pouring in, pushing north into new territories. The total number of animals is far from clear, but the ponds they create are hard to miss. In the Arctic tundra of Alaska alone, the number of beaver ponds on streams have doubled to at least 12,000 in the past 20 years. More lodges are dotted along lakes and riverbanks. Or maybe, just maybe, it's because not near as many people hunt and trap the way they used to. Today's youth aren't into hunting and trapping the way earlier generations were. And, thanks to animal lover idiots, furs don't bring what they used to. Trapping isn't nearly as profitable as it once was. That's why there are more beavers. But let me continue with the story. Quote, What's happening here is happening on a huge scale, unquote, says Ken Tape, an ecologist at the University of Alaska in Fairbanks, who is tracking the influx of beavers into the sparse northern landscape. Quote, our modeling work, which is in progress right now, shows that this entire area, the north slope of Alaska, will be colonized by beavers in the year 2100, unquote. The preponderance of beavers follows a collapse in trapping. Ooh, that's amazing. They actually admit that part. And the warming of a landscape that once proved too bleak for occupation. The harsh winter is shorter, but still harsh, I might add. And there is more free-running water in the coldest months. Instead of felling trees for their dams, the beavers construct them from surrounding shrubs, creating deep ponds in which to build their lodges. Beaver ponds are new bodies of water that cover bare permafrost. Because the water is warm, relatively speaking, it thaws the hard ground, which releases methane, one of the most potent greenhouse gases. Uh, wait a minute. I thought methane was caused by cow farts. Now you're admitting it gets released by the earth? No, that can't possibly be. Scientists now have evidence this is happening. Duh. NASA planes flying over the region show a clear link between beaver ponds and methane hotspots that extended for tens of meters around the ponds. This isn't miles, it's just meters. Can it get any worse? Well, let me use my best horror film voice. Alaska is not the only region scientists are watching. Beavers are on the move in northern Canada, too, where the creation of ponds over permafrost will have a similar effect. Can you survive? Will the world survive? Find out this Friday in a theater near you. Ha 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 ha. Oh, yeah, I gotta love it. With that, it's time to take a short break. I'll be back in about 40 seconds. Only 15% of podcasters will ever earn a single penny in profit. Yet more continue to record for one reason. They enjoy informing and entertaining. 
If you'd like to support this show, visit newsfolder19.com and click on the Buy Me a Coffee or Merchandise links. All donations are greatly appreciated. Now, back to the show. Hello and welcome back to News Folder 19. Just need to do my usual shout outs to Dan Heim, the provider of the background music on this podcast, and also to Susan Kennedy, who does the voiceovers. In addition, you can purchase merchandise from News Folder 19 at cafepress.com slash newsfolder19. That's cafepress.com slash newsfolder19. T-shirts, sweatshirts, mugs, and more. Please take advantage of that. Everything you buy just chips in a little bit so I can continue this podcast. With that, let's get right into the news. Next news story. News story number four. Elon Musk Tesla has been overtaken by its Chinese rival BYD as the world's top-selling electric car maker. BYD, which has been backed by the U.S. investment billionaire Warren Buffett since 2008, has beaten Tesla's production for the second consecutive year. So, does this make Warren Buffett an American sellout? Think about it. BYD, which stands for Build Your Dreams, said it produced 3 million new energy vehicles in 2023. The American multinational Tesla recently announced that it made 1.8 million cars. In the first quarter of last year, BYD outsold Tesla in battery-only cars, 526,000 to 484,000 for the first time. Most of BYD's vehicles sell at a lower price point than Tesla, which derives about 20% of its sales from the Chinese market. Chinese electric car makers such as BYD and NIO have set their sights on becoming major players in international markets with a particular focus on Europe. In December, BYD, which sells five models in Europe and has plans to launch three more this year, announced plans to build a new factory in Hungary. China's top-selling electric car maker is targeting sales of about 800,000 cars annually in Europe by 2030. However, these goals could be under threat after the European Commission launched an anti-subsidy investigation last September into Chinese electric vehicle imports, which in itself is another whole story accusing China of undercutting EU car makers by using state-run subsidies. I'm not going to get into that. The Hong Kong-listed BYD intends to become a global powerhouse in the electric vehicle market. One of the advantages BYD has over its U.S. and European counterparts is its ability to manufacture electric vehicle batteries in-house. BYD is already making moves to secure the precious lithium reserves by buying a stake in a Chinese lithium producer. It's had its eye on purchasing mines in Africa and is scouting assets in South America where the metal is mined. 
And again, I state as I have in the past, instead of supporting militaries halfway around the world, we should be investing in the Americas. Let's make Central and South America great places to do business and to live. That is assuming you really want electric vehicles to be a big thing, Mr. President Alzheimer's. This is even more important since the Biden administration enacted new protectionist measures for America's EV market by blocking full subsidies to EV companies with significant Chinese links. U.S. manufactured electric vehicles that include Chinese-made battery components also are being blocked from accessing full subsidies, which in and of itself is a good thing. America has too many subsidies. We should have absolutely zero subsidies to absolutely every industry out there. And last but not least, in news story number five. In household news, Samsung is finally bringing out a new version of its JetBot robot vacuum. The bespoke JetBot combo will be on show at the Consumer Electronics Show 2024 and is the first combination of robot vacuum and mop from the Korean electronics giant. The bespoke JetBot combo is a robot vacuum and mop with a self-emptying, self-cleaning charging base called the Clean Station. The Clean Station supplies a three-step total cleaning system for mop pads, which includes auto wash, steam cleaning, and auto dry with hot air. After it washes the mops with hot water heated by high temperature steam, it then sprays steam on them to prevent odors, enabling more hygienic maintenance. The steam cleaning function is unique among robot vacuums and Samsung says it can also be applied to the mops when the robot encounters dried stains on hard floors. So once again, in our lazy ass effort to avoid any possible work, let's buy a robot and then wonder why the hell we're fatter than Jabba the Hutt meeting with a freaking walrus. Come on, people, do some labor for once in your life. The cleaner uses artificial intelligence to help it navigate your home, which, if you don't know by now, means its makers now know what the inside of your home looks like. I did a podcast on that probably a year and a half ago, maybe longer. These robots know what the inside of your house looks like. Samsung's AI technology powers the robot's obstacle avoidance, meaning it can recognize common household items and avoid them where necessary. The combo has upgraded object recognition and, according to Samsung, can recognize more household objects than its predecessor, as well as recognize different spaces in your home and spot stains on the floors. The mop removal feature is a new trick that only one other robot vacuum also does, the DreamBot L20 Ultra. The writer of this article tested the DreamBot and found the feature very effective for ensuring your floors get both swept and mopped in one run without you having to manually remove any mop pads because that is so difficult to do. 
How lazy can our sorry asses get? Between how lazy Americans have become and how we have become so dependent on government and how stupid smartphones have made us, we are a society that has become destined to disintegrate into the sands of the past. The question isn't if, but how long? A decade? Two? Maybe three? Who knows? For the record, the work week for many who live in China is up to 70 hours long. And we wonder why they are surpassing us. Once again, thanks to our sorry work ethic, we are becoming useless beings and having automated cleaning machines in our house is a classic example. Get off of social media, but keep listening to this podcast. Quit putting your entire life on Facebook and Instagram and all that other crap and do some actual freaking work for once. With that, it's another podcast. You know the mantra. Till next time, question authority and always be free. Thank you for listening to News Folder 19. All rights are reserved and unauthorized use is prohibited. However, you may share the podcast links. Till next time, have a great day.